Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Nick Dinatale. Nick is the founder and CEO of ShipPlug, a platform that leverages his extensive supply chain experience to streamline shipping costs and simplify related business processes. So hi, Nick. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I shared a little bit about where you focus and what you do in my intro, but for my listeners who are just meeting you, what else can you share about your professional journey to this point? I think what's different from my background compared to most people that are in supply chain or in supply chain sales is I actually was an accountant by, by trade. So my first job ever, I worked at a big four accounting firm and really got to understand business as a whole and how to help customers and business owners cut costs, save on taxes, and really try to ultimately get to the lowest bottom line that they can to make the most money possible. Well, God love you for being in accounting. I think this is why there's all kinds of different people. I know a lot of people feel that way about procurement. I cannot even imagine after having taken some accounting classes in college, um, but I'm sure that background comes in incredibly helpful with some of the analytical and, and cost-based work that you do now. Absolutely. It was. It also taught me how to work hard. Being now is coming up on busy season for an accountant to, to put in a 20 hour day right now is not unheard of. Yeah. So it taught me the financial aspect, but also being the first job I ever really had, it really taught me how to work hard, which goes a long way in procurement, as you know. Absolutely. Now, one of the other things that's sort of an interesting tie over between the two is, again, thinking about this being coming up on tax season, something that's constantly changing. Every year, there's new regulations, new guidelines. And when you and I talked previously, you mentioned that shipping is actually similar, that there's a lot of details that change every year, in some cases, changes that require a complete reanalysis. Can you give my listeners some examples just to give us an idea of how fluid this category is? Yeah, the carriers, an example this year between the, the rate increase that just happened with the carriers, they advertised a 5.9% rate increase. But in actuality, from our extensive list of customers, we see very few people that achieve a 5.9% mm. rate increase. The reason is there's over 220 surcharges and those dramatically get increased, some as high as 15%, some as high as 20%. We have cases for certain services over a five-year trend of a 111% increase. Wow. Now, now, not right. So who can raise their price yeah. 111% if that is what your package characteristics are? But what I, what I think also happens is, is they change the logic. So meaning seven years ago, the oversized charge for carriers were 70 pounds. Now it's 50. The delivery area surcharge is just adding zip codes. So every year they add zip codes. If you happen to be in that zip code, 
how can you mitigate that? Now, also, in, in most recent, the carriers have announced demand surcharges. So that, that could fluctuate at, at any given time. They will give notice, but it really has allowed the carriers to change the price almost on the fly. Mm-hmm. And both CEOs of UPS and FedEx have said on the earnings call that that's going to be the new way of pricing people. So it does become very complicated, almost similar as taxes. There's 220 <laughs> surcharges. Now they can yeah. change at any given time. What is the real rate increase that, that we're taking? So, so yes, very similar to taxes yeah. or uh, the carrier's invoicing. Now, given the fact that it's not just cost increases, but it's also, like you said, logic shifts and zip code changes, how effective does that mean most companies are at actually forecasting not only their shipping needs, but also their shipping costs? Well, it's, it's really hard to understand because most people aren't just shipping wine. Most people have items at multiple piece orders, different types of products, different customers all over the country. So it almost becomes impossible to manage. Now, the reason why is you do get your email from the carriers that they they announced their 5.9% rate increase, but very rarely do you ever get an analysis that, that deep dives, how does that yeah. impact your business? Now, now that's that's why it's key to have the data to be able to do an analysis. How much does this product really cost me to ship? How much is it going to cost me to ship next year? And then be able to forecast that to be able to price your product accordingly to make sure you don't lose money. We've seen countless times where customers are selling products that they actually lose money on because of the shipping cost. Oh, wow. And nobody can afford that. No, no one can afford that. No one wants to run in a negative margin, but that's why it's key to make sure that you have the ability to get into the weeds and see, did my zip code now get hit with a delivery surcharge? Is my product bigger than what the logic weight change was? That's, that's very important to do, especially for companies that don't have a hundred percent margin, a 300% margin, which is most of us. Yeah. Now I know use of data allows companies to sort of fill in the spaces where they don't know things. And it's sort of that not knowing or not being aware that can really end up creating those problems, like the example you gave of the negative margin. So what are some of the things that a lot of shippers don't know about late shipments, for instance? That the carriers offer a guarantee on the service. Now, almost all of the products that that UPS, FedEx, and and DHL Express, they have a guarantee on their their shipment times. So companies might know that a package was late only if they get a call from their customer. If If it delivers the same day, was it late? To most people, not. But if you decided to pay for an 8 a.m. delivery time, a 10.30 delivery time, and it delivers at 5 p.m., was it really the next day? So most companies don't have the ability to audit that. And then filing it for a refund for a $20 or $30 item can sometimes cost more than actually you're recouping because first the item has to be eligible. Weather can throw okay. it off. The business was closed. So you're not going to get a high 
return on your investment by filing them manually. So that's a great example of where you might not know how labor intensive your shipping is to manage. Even if you know about the late guarantee and you decide to go after it, like you said, you could easily surpass the fee that you're going to get in return based on somebody's time and the opportunity cost of what else they should be doing. What are some other labor intensive considerations that sometimes shippers forget to take into, into consideration when they make decisions? Well, managing the invoice for anyone that's ever seen a FedEx or UPS invoice is almost impossible to do because of all the surcharges, yeah. because of all the line items, because of the different products. Now, there's constant times. Both carriers are automated. They mismeasure the box. They misweigh the box because it got measured and weighed with another package. Well, how, how do you know that that's the case? How, how do you audit to make sure that your address correction, you yeah. aren't getting charged address correction for a suite number missing? There's so many issues that could come up in the invoicing process. And because there's so many line items just due to the volume of small package, mm -hmm. it costs most people more time to audit their invoices than actually they get a benefit of getting a rebate. Now, there's also the audit to make sure you got charged correctly based on the weight, the dimensions, but also to make sure your discounts were applied correctly, the address, was there all the surcharges weren't rogue. So there's a lot of convoluted issues that happen in the carrier business. Now it's interesting too, because there's cost and then there's cost, right? So there's what does it cost to move the package? There's what does it cost to go after a, a refund for some kind of late shipment? But you also talked about the fact that a company might not know that a package showed up late unless their customer calls them and complains. And that in and of itself is an experience cost, a brand reputation cost. Um, what are some of the things like that example that you gave that should really put into people's perspective how important managing your shipping, knowing what's going on with the data of your shipping, all of those different kinds of costs can have on not just sort of an indirect spend type of what are my shipping rates, but in fact, top line revenue based on the overall customer experience. Yeah, I think being able to have the data to one, make sure the service is what we expected. How many of the packages are truly late going to one customer? If it's consistently the same customer having late packages, well, they might find a different vendor to buy yeah. from. If it's an e-commerce customer that consistently has late packages, it's very easy to get a chargeback. So from that customer experience to have the data to pick the right carrier lane by lane can be invaluable to healthcare businesses, to e-commerce businesses, to any type of manufacturing. Then on the, the other side, not only the service side, but price matters. And some businesses are competing over pennies. Yeah. So when the sale depends on if you're the low cost online or your margins aren't where they need to be as a wholesale distributor. That's when cost matters. And at times the, the carriers can change the price, but also customer by customer have such a variable price. If you're not priced fairly, 
you might not be able to sell certain products. Mm. So the service aspect of it, right? You can lose customers. You have customer complaints. You have the where's my order call. <laughs> That's one's cost. A lot of yeah. soft costs there. Then the direct cost of the bottom line. But think how many missed sales could be if you don't have the data to understand your pricing at a profitable margin, but also to make sure you're competitive with your competitors to make that sale. Yeah. And that's one of those things, I think, regardless of what industry you're in, what kind of product you're shipping to what kind of customer, most of us can relate to as personal consumers. Um, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about you, Nick. I'm not a complainer. I'm not a letter writer, but I do vote with my wallet. And if something shows up late, shows up busted, I don't like how the tracking works. It is going to discourage me from buying that thing from that company again in the future, even though logically as a supply chain professional, I recognize that, you know, that box showing up on my doorstep isn't necessarily touching the direct hands of the company that I'm buying something from. Most people are likely just to be sort of silent, pervasive revenue and, and customer loss, as opposed to even picking up the phone and saying, hey, where's my package? And, and think about that, Kelly, from your perspective, the delivery experience matters so much. That's why the largest corporations are spending major money on yeah. next day delivery, same day delivery. They're working on packaging to make it an experience when you open it. But if you don't have the data, especially if you're not the targets, the Walmarts yeah. of the world, how are you going to track your on-time percentage, your customer experience? Because just like you mentioned, a lot of customers won't call and complain, but they won't order again, which is a much bigger risk than someone calling and complaining. Absolutely. So I'm trying to sort of put myself in the shoes of the companies that are dealing with all this complexity. You know, they don't necessarily have somebody full-time sitting there and deciphering these invoices or figuring out how the costs or the logic of surcharges is changing. So maybe I would say, all right, I'm going to try to figure out some sort of indicative metric. Maybe I pull an average shipping cost per package. And obviously it's going to change based on the range of things and volumes that I'm shipping. Is that a practice that you see people using? Do you see companies trying to compensate by coming up with an average or a composite metric to track? Or are they just kind of throwing up their hands and saying, this is so complicated. I, I can't even begin to start addressing it in detail. I'm just going to trust that we've negotiated a good contract and, and our shipping rates are what they need to be. Yeah, most people lean towards the latter where, where they think that they have the best shipping rates. They, they think they have the best service. Yeah. And most people are very loyal to one carrier and they never take a look to see what's in the market. Now, I will say there are people that truly think they know what they're paying by the average, right? But when I sell a hundred different SKUs or a thousand different SKUs, do I have the data broken down by SKU? Do I have the data broken down by multiple piece orders? We've seen customers mischarge online anything over $100 is free shipping, right? That you hear that all the time. Yeah. Well, they put everything in a bigger box and now we're hit with surcharges. So they actually lost money on the $100 free shipping that they were trying to entice. How does a customer know that? The data to make sure that you have the visibility to price yourself fairly and to make sure you're not losing money is critical 
especially in today's competitive online landscape. Yeah. So I can see where the accounting piece is coming into all this, Nick. Um, (laughs) One one of the other things that I want to get your perspective on, and this is actually a tradition here at The Sourcing Hero, I ask this pairing of questions to every guest the first time they join me. So I'm going to give you two options. You can pick either question, and I haven't heard a wrong answer yet. So here are your choices. Either what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if you'd like to take sort of a broader approach, what would you say heroism looks like in a business context? Well, I think in procurement especially, a lot of our roles is to make sure we're getting the best cost and the best service. Well, I'm going to share a story of someone that was a hero at their company, a customer of ours actually won the employee of the month after we helped a contract negotiation. So this particular employee was able to cut their business's shipping costs and they are an e-commerce store by 70% in some locations. They saved the company over a quarter million dollars. So for a small e-commerce company, that's shipping savings now lowered their costs. So now they're scaling because they're paying more money in marketing. So that person was the hero to the business. It not only lowered their cost, but now it gains sales. So I think that's a hero is someone that can make decisions in a business that changes the company's direction. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about that, because so much of us are negotiating contracts all the time, and I'm sure, especially if you're working with a UPS or a FedEx, you have to be, given your examples, a Walmart or a Target to actually use volume to negotiate sort of aggressive rates with them. But there's an alternate way. If you have a better understanding of how the costs play out for you as a business, how that logic is going to work, how the mechanics of what you're shipping to who, where come into it. it it's another way to sort of change that power dynamic in the negotiation, isn't it? You don't have to necessarily be an enormous company. It's about having the best data, understanding the logic of how it works and being able to bring that to the table so that you make sure that the rates that you end up with aren't just these sort of blanket ones that are being rolled out everywhere, but are in fact appropriate for your business model. It can really put your business on the offensive instead of the defensive, which in the negotiation process, most times with the carriers, companies are on the defensive. Yeah. Well, Nick, this has been incredibly interesting. So much of what we all buy and sell and are part of procuring to generate revenue through has to ultimately be shipped in packages. And to your point, I think there's a lot more businesses competing on those pennies than have money to waste on their shipping costs. If people have listened into this conversation today and would like to reach out to you to connect or to learn more about your experience, what is the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, Through LinkedIn or directly on our website. So my LinkedIn is Nicholas Di Natale and our company is shipplug.com. There's a form you could fill out. We'd be happy to give you a free analysis to see how much your cost has increased year over year and to see if we think there's any chance for some savings to be had. Excellent, Nick. Well, thank you so much for being with me and sharing your expertise. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.